0: Welcome to Sell Smarter, Sell Faster, a podcast dedicated to helping sales organizations grow. Each week, we discuss proven sales enablement strategies and real-life examples with experts and thought leaders from across industries. I'm your host, Danny Buckley, Vice President and General Manager at leg 2 a sales performance agency. In this episode, we're talking about how to create a sales enablement strategy that is actually helpful for your sellers and the prospects they're interacting with on a daily basis. You'll hear us ask questions like, what kind of companies need sales enablement the most? How do you go about building a solid sales enablement strategy? And how do you measure the effectiveness of sales enablement content? Joining me to break it all down is Beth Osborne, Senior Content Marketing Manager at Marketron. Beth brings so many amazing points to the table like how great sales enablement content makes the life of your sellers easier, why your sales enablement content should be developed for anyone who could be a prospect, not just your typical customers, and finally, how a sales enablement strategy should be more about building relationships than merely trying to influence a prospect. All right, I am so excited to jump in with you today, Beth. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Danny. Lovely to be here.
0: Yeah, we've uh, we got some really good stuff to cover. And um, one of my favorite topics, content, sales enablement content. I know you're passionate about it, too, so we're going to have some fun. So uh, just to get us started and, and everyone on the same page, tell us a little bit just about your role at Marketron and kind of your experience with sales enablement in general.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm the senior content marketing manager at Marketron, so I'm basically the head of content. So, I create the strategies and execute them. it's It's not just me though we we have a really great team um, that you know facilitates all of that as well. Um, so like you know, like a day to day to me is for me is working on a content calendar and seeing how, you know, Um, our business goals are aligning with our content or or what things that we need to prioritize, uh, what our customers say, you know, those kind of things that kind of inform all of that. Um, I'm really, really passionate um, about sales enablement content or kind of enablement content, I guess, in general. Um, I've been in the SaaS world most of my career and, and SaaS companies definitely focus a lot on enablement content whomever, you know, is yeah. the audience, um, you know, this, this discussion we're having today is about sales. Um, and it's definitely, um, you know, is it? it's a different type of sales and enablement content, which we'll, I'll, I'll probably go into yeah. um, later, but just kind of some examples from, you know, my, my previous life or that I work for, I work for a content marketing software platform. So I wrote enablement content for people like me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> great. Well, good. So you've got a wealth of experience. You're the right person to have this conversation with. We already knew that. I did. Um, so I always like to ask, um, just because everyone has different language they like to use. How would you define sales enablement, and, and then tell us like why why it's important to an organization?
1: Sure. So kind of what I just alluded to is traditionally sales enablement content is content that sellers use as resources. Um, to influence buyers, you know, in the buyer short kind of thing. So what I do is a little bit different. So I'm creating content for those who are sellers, and then they are doing the same thing. So you know, it's a, it's a, it's a nuance, a little different. Yeah. Um, to me, you know, what what it means to create sales and enablement content is that I'm delivering valuable information. Mm-hmm that solves the problem, inspires them, or, or gives them some clarity around a situation. Um, it's about, like, how does what we're creating make a local media sellers stay easier or better, you know, kind of thing. Um, salespeople have hard jobs. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're also resilient. They're creative. They're persistent. Um, and they have to be constant ideators um, because they're, always going to have objections and barriers and all those kind of things so they need trusted resources that are that are going to you know empower them and that's really the foundation for aspire our sales enablement uh, blog we really conceived it to be that go-to resource for local media sellers and that's exactly what it is you know and i meet customers and kind of different ways. Like, um, I do case studies a lot and I talk to them or I go to events like the NAB conference, um, that I attended a few weeks ago. And I really love to hear from them that content, you know, inspired them or helped them overcome something or even like, you know, actually help them win a deal. Yeah. I mean, that's
0: what it really comes down to. Like, are we actually helping salespeople do their jobs better? I think that's like what it always comes back to. Um, yeah. Okay, so tell us um, what kind of companies do you think most need sales enablement content? Are there are certain mm-hmm. that ones that you see uh, need it more than others? Is it everybody? Like what are some of the key problems that it's really solving?
1: Well, yeah, I think every organization needs it. Um, SaaS specifically, as I kind of talked about that. That's been my my niche for, for quite a while. I think, you know, it is helpful For any kind of organization that has um, a longer buying cycle, that has, you know, multiple types of people making the decisions, Mm -hmm. um, that it's, you know, a a complex kind of purchase. Um, Sometimes software can be, sometimes not so much. Um, I think it's any industry where you want to um, educate whoever your audience is. Um, and you know, upskill them, make them experts, those kind of things. We always say that more informed customers are better customers, for yeah. sure. Um, for the local media industry, which is what I do, you know, we're focusing a lot on upskilling and helping them understand and become confident. Typically, with with digital advertising, cause a lot of people are are from the traditional uh, of TV and radio and digital is still a little like scary. And we, we don't know what, what's going to happen with it, um, but they need it. They, they need that information for sure. Um, we also focus a lot on like real-life scenarios, which I think any sales and enablement content should, of like, what do you do when this happens? Mm. Or what is a way around this? Or what makes sense um, in, in this situation? Um, like, for example, we hear a lot from um, our, we heard a lot from our customers, well, we don't know exactly what kind of digital ad mix to recommend to a customer. And we were like, okay, we, we can take that. And we took it and run, ran with it. And we created an interactive pool. So somebody can go to this interactive pool. They can choose from eight different advertiser goals. And then we give them a mix recommendation of this much social or this much display or geofencing or whatever so they can then be confident to go to, to their customer and say i really think this is a good a good mix for you but so yeah. at the end of the day it's all about those takeaways it's all about you know whatever somebody needs to be better at their job and understand things better and for us specifically and for any kind of SaaS company, really, or any company, sales enablement content can be a differentiator for you. It can be what your is not doing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
0: And you just made me think of this while you're talking. It's kind of like, I mean, I, I've never put it in these words before, but like sales enablement is about enabling the salespeople so you actually can enable the prospect, right? It's really like you're not, it's not just enabling the salespeople. It really is about, like you said, educating and answering the questions and all of that. And so that is the end goal. And it has to be both of those. If they enable both of those people. Yeah, Um, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: You were starting to touch on this. So tell us a little bit about um, how does one go about kind of building a solid sales enablement content strategy? Like, what are some of the steps uh, maybe someone who's new to this should take start thinking about what they need?
1: So that was like the first thing I did uh, in the in the decision to, to launch Aspire was was create this content strategy and I love content strategy. <laughs> Me too. Very excited. I could nerd out on them for for hours probably. Um, but this was a little bit different um, because you know the main goal with Aspire is not promoting a product or a service or our brand or anything. So then you have to like dig into well, you know, what are our objectives? Of this. So our objectives are to empower, enable, upskill, you know, give people great information and ideas. And so how does that connect to other things? So my content strategy has, has several different pieces in it that I would recommend for, for anybody creating one. So first, you've really got to define who your audience is. So we have three different personas that, that we write to. Um, so we had to, you know, and I had to make a lot of assumptions about uh, about them in the beginning. Um, some of those were correct. Some of them weren't, but that is, you know, that's how things roll. Yeah. There are other parts of it that are more granular around like voice and tone. Like I even kind of define like words we use and words we don't use. For example, like we don't call sales people sales reps. We think that's kind of a little like old school. We call them sellers or sales professionals kind of thing. We yeah. also typically call them like local media experts or or things, you know, things like that, rather than kind of an older term um, kind of thing. Um, Then it has content clusters. So we have four different content clusters on Aspire. What do those mean? How how will we convey the ideas under those? Um, And then it has a part of it that every content strategy has is how does this content align to business goals? Yeah. So I was talking about, hey, we're not we're not promoting our product, and this isn't bottom funnel content to get people to convert. So, you know, how does that even contribute to revenue? Well, first of all, our content is not just for our customers; it's for anybody that could be a prospect or anybody that that is a local media seller. So, for our customers, it upskills them, gets them great ideas. Um, I mean, a lot of our content is about like, here's a thing, and here's how you pitch it. And here's some like great ideas. I did one yesterday about the auto industry and it's bouncing back. And here's some great ideas to take to your dealership customers. So with them, it enables them to sell more digital advertising, which does impact our revenues. And from, yeah. a, from a prospect side, it's, it's developing a relationship and rapport and trust and credibility of like, Oh, these people really know what they're talking about. And, You know, that's a big part of Marketron's kind of brand promise is we're more than software. We we have all these great resources that we want to provide you with so that you can do like the best at your job
0: um,
1: kind of thing. Um, I think the other parts of the strategy are just kind of uh, Mm -hmm. metrics, which we'll probably talk about later, like how do you know it's working and all that kind of stuff. And then like, how are you going to amplify it? How are you going to share it? What is it? You know, how's it going to get to all these people um, that, that you want it to? Um, but it is um, it's a strategy that I look at and refresh probably quarterly. Um, more often, if, if things kind of change or shift internally or externally, um, but definitely the, the key parts are who are your personas? What are your clusters? What are your voice and tone type of things? Um, you know. How are you going to measure it? How are you going to amplify it? What does it mean to the business? You and, uh, and like another part is really just, um, you know, keeping uh, keeping yourself accountable too. Like, how yeah. much content are you going to produce, and how are you going to do that? And do you have the workflows and all that kind of thing? So that's all part of the strategy. Too. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. That's great. For those that um, may not know, can you tell us just? Quickly, what is a content cluster? I know what it is, but I, I yeah. know some of our listeners might not realize what that is.
1: Um, so a content cluster is like your umbrella of content. We, it's it's kind of like themes. I, I yeah. would say themes. So ours are sales ideas, ad categories, creative, and uh, trends. Trends and something. Sorry. <laughs> trends. Yeah. So we, yeah. those are bigger umbrellas and then underneath them we have even you know like subheader type of things but it like it keeps you connected to what does the audience need what are your topics so every month I'm making sure that I'm hitting all those clusters some more than others on on some months kind of thing some kind of belong in, in both clusters but it also keeps uh, consistency, I think, in, in content production when, when you have these things. Yep, yep. Love that. And, and,
0: and another important
1: thing that we won't get into today, but
0: for those just to, to note at home and, and is that often those clusters are something that you kind of are building your SEO strategy around too. Um, mm-hmm. And things are linking back yeah. and there's a lot more into that, but um, great. So you talked mm-hmm. about effectiveness. How do we measure it, right? There's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different goals people might have with mm-hmm. sales enablement content. So. What are some of the metrics that one might track?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I call them the metrics that matter.
0: <laughs> Love it.
1: Kind of thing. Um, so I do a monthly report um, and I look at a lot of different things. A lot of it is SEO. It's like, okay, um, what is more my organic traffic? Um, is it increasing? Where is it going? How am I ranking for certain words? So there's like all that kind of stuff. Um, then there's stuff on um, engagement. And, and engagement is, is, again, like a big umbrella thing. So I'm looking at page views, visitors, um, page views per session, average engagement time. But then I'm also looking at engagement like on social channels or email or, or different ways that we've distributed content to see, oh, this is resonating or, or this isn't. Yeah. Um, and then another big metric for us for Aspire is subscription. So we have a, we have a, you know, we ask you to subscribe and then you get like a monthly email with like the top, you know, pick for, for Aspire kind of thing. Um, so in 22, so Aspire launched in May of 21 and year over year in 22 page fees went up by 63%. Visitors, eighty-six percent; subscribers, one hundred and twenty-six percent; page views per session by fifty-seven; and average engagement time by one hundred and sixty-five percent.
0: Awesome! Those are great numbers. I love it, yeah. <laughs> um, and it speaks volumes. So that that our customers and our prospects are hungry for information. They're hungry mm-hmm. to be educated by you. And I think a lot of folks think, "Oh, well, there's enough stuff out there on my industry. There's enough things out there." Or you know, or they just want to focus on their product or service. And it's like, no, but there isn't anything out there that you've written on that topic. Right. And it, and it makes a difference, um, your own take on it. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and so do you have any, any, I mean, you just shared some success numbers. Do you have any other success stories that you kind of seen where, um, I'm actually really curious, uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this very, a little bit more direct of a question, but where you've heard like sales people really having like, wow, this really helped move the needle with this prospect or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, this is this is a why for me uh, of of are the people that I'm creating stuff for, are they benefiting from it? Yeah. Um, when I know that I've created something that's been a value, I get warm fuzzy. Mm-hmm, for sure. mm-hmm. So luckily I've had quite a few experiences. So, I mean, I'm not, Super customer facing, but like I said, I do do a lot of case studies with people, and I get an opportunity to like interview them. And and, you know, we're talking about a specific thing, but almost always they bring up a fire and they tell me how it has helped them or whatever. So, I was doing um, a case study like end of last year, and we had just done um, a webinar on recruitment advertising, and we had done an ebook and a lot of content that was. That was a big trend in, in 22, um, and a lot of revenue was, was being created from from recruitment advertising. So I'm talking to um, this sales manager at, at a station, and we're not we're not talking about recruitment advertising, but he was like, "I love that webinar, y'all did, and and that ebook." He was I like, "We it. he was like we use that, and we were able to close a big deal with a help system in our in our market." And then he was like, and then we even used some of those tactics for our own recruiting at the station. And I was like, wow, that, that, was, that was really, really cool. Um, yeah. Also, I, I talked about that I had just attended NAB, uh, the National Association of Broadcasters Conference, so the last Conference. And we sponsor something called the Small to Medium Radio Forum. And we have these roundtables where we discuss different things. And I get to kind of listen in. Uh, on that. And so I was having um <clears throat> a conversation with a customer um about just you know it was just a light conversation at first and they brought up a fire again. And they talked a lot about um some content that we had written um about nonprofit pitching and prospecting cuz that is actually a gold mine for people because nonprofits do have budgets for for advertising. And she just the, the lady just told me like how much that it had reset her mind yeah. on, on that on that as a prospect and you know opportunity, and that um, you know that she just really really appreciated it that it just you know stuff like that just like I yeah. said, it definitely makes me feel really good. Yeah,
0: that's great, and it, it really is sometimes it's just that simple' it's, it's a salesperson really getting that this. Help the conversation move forward, and that is what it's about. And that is hard to measure, right? Mm-hmm. a lot of the times, it is. We need just those like verbal stories, or um, and so I know it can be hard for many of us trying to track the the effectiveness. Obviously, there's all the metrics you talked about from like kind of a engagement and things like that, but really seeing like the ROI, like how did this impact the sale? It does, I think, involve having to have conversations with salespeople, with sales leaders at your organization and beyond of of and asking them questions, asking them what piece of content are you really finding valuable? What do you wish we had? What, you know, those things I think are really, really, um, is it really effective to get that ROI stories? Or if they're not there, then figure out why.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And I also get a lot of feedback from our CBM team, which are their client development managers. They're kind of, they digital gurus for, for our digital clients. And, you know, they they will pass on similar things to me and, we have like a whole like team chat where where different things and I kind of eavesdrop on that a bit to see what's coming and we ask our customers what they want yes yes about. we ask them what what should we write about what what is bothering you what is what is worrying you like a big thing right now is third party cookies mm. you know google is finally going to make good on, on removing those and and that's a That's a concern for people in the advertising industry. So we've done a lot of content on it. We, we, we did our own, we, we have a very small little podcast and and we had a a guest on that was, she's an expert in the space. Um, Just to be like, here's the reality and the truth of this. And we want to get you the right information.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Well, Beth, I know you and I can probably sit and talk about this stuff all day. But I'm gonna wrap us up and and tell me, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you just want to be sure our listeners hear about best practices um about strategy, anything that you can think of related to this that you just want to be sure that they take away today?
1: I want to just say for for anybody that's in this space is the, one of the most important things is to have leadership buy in,
0: yeah, and
1: I did not necessarily have that uh, in my in my early career where I had to. The value every day, yeah. but that's, that's but that's never been the case at Marktron. I knew from day one that I would have autonomy, that I would be able to take it and run mm-hmm. with it. And like I said, it's part of our brand promise to like be more than software kind of thing. So that's that's a huge thing. The other thing again is it goes back to the strategy: create one and stick to it, but refine it um, and make it so that anybody could just walk in and be like okay, I get it. I get what we're doing. with. Mm.
0: I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make it overly complicated. Really start small. (laughs) Just, I always tell people just start. Um, don't, you don't have to do everything at first. Uh, just getting started. So great. Thank you so much, Beth. I so appreciate you and your time here. Um, and, uh, be sure to connect with Beth. If you'd like, you can find her contact information in the show notes along with mine. Um, if you want to reach out, ask questions, and thanks for joining us today, everybody. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Sell Smarter, Sell Faster. And until then, happy selling. Thanks for joining us on Sell Smarter, Sell Faster. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Be sure to visit our website, sellsmartersellfaster.com, where you can find even more helpful sales enablement and inbound marketing content.